As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Three, two, one, zero. Hello. Welcome to... Episode 118. Splurging on Freedom. Hey Money Clan, a very big warm welcome to the Chain of Wealth podcast. I'm your host, Dennis O'Brien. And I'm Katie Walsh. So Katie, today we've got an inspirational story with Liz. And my goodness, you have not heard a story like this. (laughs) Man, this is something else. It's literally like a Lifetime movie, I feel like. Yeah, it's super, super intense. So quick recap. So Liz basically was in line to inherit seven figures. You know, her father was hugely successful. She was in line to inherit like basically all of his money and it all went south. And then she told her family who she really is. Yeah. And her family overreacted and they went a bit too extreme, but unbelievable story. And I love what she's doing with it, Kate. You know, she's not like sulking and being upset about it. She's killing it there and like making the most out of her life and figuring stuff out it's really really cool yeah she's really just stepped up to the plate she's 25 and is on track to have over a hundred thousand dollars saved by this year and that's all by herself yeah that's absolutely crazy all right are you ready to dive into today's episode yeah awesome let's do it Welcome to Chain of Wealth. Here's your host, Dennis, inspiring you to begin your journey of financial freedom. When Liz was 21, she had a good life, a promising legal career, a nine-digit inheritance, and was one of the heirs to her father's business empire. When she turned 22, however, she lost everything upon coming out to her family. It took a few pity parties, but she eventually picked herself up, and now at 25 years old, she's working towards a $100,000 nest egg by the end of 2018. Her newly founded blog, Splurging on Freedom, is a reflection of what she has lost and what she has learned. It's the chronicles of her progress towards financial peace 
and freedom. Welcome, hey, Liz. Hey. So, I have to ask. I feel like it's kind of like the elephant in the room. Coming out can take a lot of guts, especially when your family is not really expecting it. So, were you afraid of how they would react? And can you kind of walk us through that whole part of your life? Yeah, sure. No worries. Um, I wasn't really afraid. I don't know. Maybe I was just like unrealistically optimistic about the whole thing because, I mean, since young, I've never actually thought that, you know, dating somebody of the same gender was a big thing. You know, I just thought of it as like a small aspect of my life. It's like, I'm, I'm still me in like every other way. So, and a, a lot of my friends thought the same things that I did. So, I mean, unrealistically, I kind of thought that my parents would think the same things. Like, they, they wouldn't think it's that big a deal. So I wasn't really too scared. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, and they did, like, shown me a lot of love since I was young. So I kind of believed that, you know, that would be unconditional. So I, I, I started, like, um, dating someone new. Um, in, in about, I think, I think it was, um, 2013 or something. And, um, yeah, things were, were getting serious. So I told my parents about, like, my partner after a while. And, and they were a little shocked in the beginning. But I, I kind of expected that. Like, um, I mean, it's, it, it is quite, uh, big news for them to, to take in. So I thought I'd just give them some time. And, um, so over the next few weeks, like after that point, uh, they like, tried to change my mind and tried to ask me, like, hey, is this something that you really want? Uh, you, yeah. And um, I, I, I told them that, yeah, I, I wanted it. And um, I, I was hoping that they could be more accepting of it, like um, with time to come. Um, so at this point, I was like, I was like thinking that you know, hey, their, their, their reaction wasn't like the worst. It could have been a lot worse. This isn't the bad. This isn't the worst. And I, I was pretty grateful, you know, that they didn't like hate me or anything. But I mean, after I thought this, like things started getting a little crazy. Uh, so they, I think like one day, maybe a few months after I first told them, they, they. They, they they maybe had like an epiphany or something. They they realized that I was happy with you know this person, and I wasn't about to change my mind, no matter how much they 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 want they wanted me to. And so they started like like threatening me with like a lot of like monetary stuff. So they they did things like they cut off my allowance uh, when this didn't work. They, yeah, they, they made me re return this birthday gift that he had given me a few years before. It was uh, $250,000. So, what? Yeah. That's crazy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Were you, like, begrudging about that a little bit? Were you, were, you, were you, like, upset about it? Or were you more like, fine, here's your money. Like, I don't need it. I think I was, like in between because um i mean it was just given to me so i didn't really have to like work for it or anything but i think i was just mad about the way that they 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 did it they like they were just completely mean about it the whole time so and yeah they they call, I, 
I don't know, they, they told me, right, if I didn't, like, give it back to them, I'll be, it, it'll be, like, dishonest and stuff. And I didn't want them to use that against me, so I had to, like, return it. I, I think for me, it wasn't really that much of a choice but to return it. Or, or, yeah, I still wanted to, like, salvage my relationship with them. So I, I, I did whatever I could, yeah. So, yeah, and then after that, um, they... They, they wrote me off their wills, and they kind of, like, gloated about it in my face, so that wasn't very nice either. Yeah, so, uh, so I lost, like, yeah, so I lost, like, all my inheritance. I, I, I don't know how much they left me, like, probably just, like, a nominal sum. That's what they told me. Yeah, so uh, they also told me that I couldn't, like, go into the family business anymore because I was originally supposed to. Like everything I did up to that point of time was to prepare to go into the family business, but now they told me, "Yeah, you're poor, so you uh, would have an in- more of an inclination to steal the money because you know there's a lot of money going through the family business." So I mean, this was completely unfair. Like, how? Why would it? Yeah, why would anybody who's or want to, or who doesn't have that much money, want to steal money? It doesn't it doesn't make logical sense? I mean, morality and being poor has you know it, it does nothing to do can with I each ask, other. Yeah, sure. Can I ask real quick? Are you an only child, or did you have siblings? Like you could kind of talk to about with this. I have three siblings, but yeah, I'm, I'm the oldest child, so I guess that's why the expectations on me were like pretty pretty. Um, I mean, we're higher than my other siblings. I I did talk to my brother about this, but um, I mean, he has his own problems with my parents as well. Like he suffers from a lot of like mental illnesses and stuff. So when he has my back, like my parents kind of like, just discount the both of us. I I don't know. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, because I was just wondering, like, did you have, like, a sibling that could kind of, like, have your back and, like, you know, it's not that bad and it's 2018 and, you know, then kind of also help you, like, well, mom and dad are, you know, kind of just mad and they'll they'll cool off and come around, just give them some time. So I didn't know if you had, like, a family member to kind of turn to or if you really were kind of just, like, all on your own. Oh, I did. I did. I think um, most of um, my sister and my brother um, the two of them know about this, but um, my my parents are very like uh, they have like a one track mind, so it doesn't matter who tells them anything. They it's like once they they made up their mind about once they've made up their mind about something, they wouldn't change their minds. Yeah, so unfortunately, that's absolutely crazy. So, you, your father basically created this business empire, and in that time, significant wealth. And I'm sure like growing up, you basically had anything that you could want. So my question to you is, how did your lifestyle change once you got cut off? And what are some of the changes that you had to make and come to terms with? Yeah, so I, I did. I, I agree with you. I had like everything that I wanted. I mean, I, I traveled a lot. Um, I went, uh, went uh, I followed my dad on like his business trips to see like all his business acquisitions and stuff. So we, we stayed in like a lot of like the fancy hotels and um, like when I traveled with him, I went on like business class, which is really expensive. 
um, I went on like great cruises and awesome train rides and stuff. Yeah, so um, after I got cut off, it was it was a pretty drastic change. Um, I mean, they took everything away, so I went from having a lot to practically nothing at all because the only thing I was doing at a point of time was tutoring. So uh, I was only earning like maybe six hundred dollars a month, which isn't a lot of money. Um, so I was pretty broke, and um, I had to change, or I, I would get myself into a lot of financial trouble, and I didn't want that. And yeah, so I could no longer like spend a lot on a lot of things, like like food. I used to spend like like fifty dollars for like a steak dinner. I I couldn't do that anymore. Um, I used to take like cabs all the time. Uh, I used to go to to bars a lot, and I used to 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 shop impulsively. So I, I couldn't do all this all this stuff anymore. So I had to cut down on um, on every aspect of my life like i i i i only spend like about maybe two hundred dollars a month on food um if i were to go to a restaurant i would like uh use use discount codes and stuff to you know slash my expenses i take only like public transportation um i hadn't haven't drink haven't drank alcohol in like maybe two years so that's an improvement and i haven't like shopped for about maybe two years as well yeah so um i cut expenses in like every area of my life and when i do spend nowadays it's like um, mostly on necessities rather than you know um, luxuries so i think the most difficult part about this was that um it wasn't like my personal choice to slash expenses. I had to do it because of circumstance. Because when you make a decision to, to cut back, it's like you feel like you're in control of your finances. But when you're forced to do it because of the circumstances that you're in, you're not in control of the situation. You basically like, you feel like crap, basically. So, I mean, you know what they say, you, you get used to things. Um, or circumstances after a while it took me a really long time but i guess now i'm like okay with it like but that was this is like two or three years later yeah so it's a lot of change yeah but I'm, I'm also sure that like you know having done it for two or three years you're probably a lot happier than what you were when you were living that lifestyle of just spending money frivolously yeah that, that was my question would you say that you are happier now that you're kind of on your own, or do you miss having all that access to money? I'm definitely happier now because um, I don't know. I, I I get a lot of questions from people as to whether I feel like you know deprived because they they look at my spending and they're like, you spend on almost like nothing. Do you feel deprived? But no, I don't. I don't feel deprived because people always seem to 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 think that there is some relation between spending money and happiness but that's not true i mean you can spend um, a little bit of money but still be like super happy so i i realized that what makes me happy are things like the simple pleasures of life you know like um, working out um, um, spending time with like friends um and like reading writing um enjoying music enjoying new uh, movies so it's like th these kind of things they don't cost a lot of money 
So I, I, I realized that even without uh, spending money, I'm still actually a lot happier than I was back then because back then I was just like mindlessly spending thousands of dollars every single month without even considering whether these things that I bought, like they bring value into my life. So yeah, I'm happier now. Yeah, well, I'm glad to hear that. So speaking of the now, what are you up to these days? Like, what do you do for your career and where do you live? And, you know, what's kind of going on with you now? Um, I guess a lot has changed right now. So career, career wise, like, um, I, I, I work at a small financial institution um, as an analyst. So I, I get paid about um, $2,800 a month. Uh, and I get bonuses like twice a year, but these are like uh, variable bonuses. It depends on your performance. So um, it's not a lot of money um, when you think about it, because I, I know a lot of people earning much more money than this. Uh, but I, what I really enjoy is the uh, the, the work life balance because I I, do, I work from eight thirty to nine uh, to, to five thirty, so I I leave the office the moment. Uh, hits like 5.30 and I don't even think about like work outside of the office so that's awesome and I spend a lot of time doing uh, the things that I love yeah so that makes me happy um I don't um I guess I get a lot of questions as to whether uh you know I I have to I want to climb the corporate ladder but I don't I don't really want that because I I, I can't imagine staying like you know, at a desk job for more than I don't know the next two years maybe yeah so my my main goal right now is just to save a lot of money and then uh quit and then uh, do 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 things that I love like chase my dreams and everything so um yeah so right now I'm just like focusing on saving as much money as possible and then dumping all the money into like stocks and bonds and stuff so um I side hustle a lot as well um, I, I do a lot of a lot of tutoring. Like I still bring in six to eight hundred dollars a month from tutoring, but it's it's really tiring because I only make like twenty five dollars an hour uh, from tutoring. So like after work, I would have to go to my my students' place, and then that's a lot of like commuting. And then when I get back home, it'll be like eleven. So my days are pretty long. But, um, I can totally relate to you <laughs> on that because I also side hustle like crazy yeah. and I, I tutor too. And what, what are you tutoring? I, I do math and science. Okay. I'm tutoring a kindergarten girl how to read. And on a Friday afternoon, it is rough. So I can definitely <laughs> relate to like the long days and you're tired and tutoring sometimes can be more work than teaching a whole class. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So um, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty tiring. It's like tutoring on top of, you know, your regular work. So it, it, it the schedule is rather like hectic. Yeah. So it, it gets pretty tiring. Um, I, I guess I'm not so much a social person, so tutoring, it's even more tiring for me. Yeah, I, ca I can't imagine teaching like a whole class, though. That, 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 that. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I do a lot of side hustling, so that takes up a lot of my time. Um, I haven't, uh, I would want to spend more time like writing and 
you know, like posting on my blog and stuff. But I guess, um, yeah, I right now it's just I'm focusing on my, you know, my income and my savings. So a lot of time taken up from that. So yeah, it's pretty much what I'm doing nowadays. <laughs> that makes sense. So Liz, I saw that you have a post on your website where you spoke about how you had to give up your dream apartment. So for our listeners that haven't seen it, could you maybe tell us a little bit about why you had to give up the apartment and what difference has that made to your life today? Yeah, sure. So um, I've always wanted like my own place ever since, you know, my parents, like whenever I didn't listen to, to their, to their instructions, they were like, and to kick me out of their place so it was a very um it was it wasn't a situation that was pleasant to be in so i i i've always wanted like a place that you know no one could kick me out of i wanted my own place so um my partner and i felt the same way so we 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 looked for apartments together um so here like land is really really expensive um like 80 to 90 percent of residents here they they qualify for public housing I, i'm not sure how what um what what about the public housing schemes in the u.s is it i mean how how do you qualify for that i think it's income based from what i understand uh okay i mean um, he, here it's income based as well but um because i, I think this the income cap is like twelve twelve thousand dollars a month for both partners, so we definitely qualify for that. But another um, another requirement is that uh, you need to be in a heterosexual married couple before you can qualify, and um, we obviously don't qualify for that. So um, because of uh, yeah, because we can't qualify for public housing, um, we had to you know look for like private apartments. So we were. Um, Looking at a two-bedroom apartment, like it was a 800 square feet, but it costs like 800 grand, and that's like considered cheap. Yeah, so um, it's cheap because it it's in a pretty like undeveloped part of Singapore where everything is really far away from the city. It was like if, if I wanted to get to work, it would take me maybe two hours to get to work, and another two hours back. It's pretty crazy but um it was the only thing we could afford like if you wanted an apartment that's that's closer to the city center it would cost maybe two to three times more so uh 800 grand was the cheapest cheapest possible apartment that we could we could we could get so um i the first issue was about the down payment um, but we had a lot of savings for our age back then. I think we had about a hundred grand or something. So uh, to make the twenty percent uh, down payment wasn't too much uh, of an issue. So we just wanted to save for maybe a few more months and then pay the down payment and then start making our monthly payments. But um, I mean, we did the math and we 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 realized that um, we would. A, a huge chunk of our income would go to the monthly mortgage payments. So uh, we, we had to live paycheck to paycheck just to afford 
the cheapest possible apartment in Singapore. Yeah, so, um, but I think we were okay with that because, I mean, we assumed that our income would, would, would increase, like, over the years, and we get promotions and stuff. So, uh, yeah, so we decided, all right, let's go for this. Um, but then uh, I guess I, I started, like, having reservations about working a corporate job for the next 30 years which is uh, basically the period uh, we had to service our mortgage. Um, and I, I don't know, everything just started getting a little more than annoying about the corporate job. Like, I, I hated, started hating, like, the commutes, started hating, like, all, all the office politics um, and the backstabbing and basically how I had to sit in the office for, like, nine hours a day um, even if I had no work to do. So it, I don't know, it just, it, it just took like a toll on my well-being. And I, I started getting really stressed out about money, about work, and I had to ask myself, like, can, can I do this for the next 30 years? Yeah, so um, I think for me, I, I just decided that this, this wasn't worth it. Like, I, if, if things kept going on this way, I, I wouldn't be healthy enough to even enjoy the apartment after paying it off. So um, then I realized my partner was actually extremely stressed about the money as well. Because even though we both had um, stable incomes, we wouldn't have very much in their retirement or savings. So in the end, we just decided, you know what, we won't, we won't go for this apartment, we just, we just stay with her parents until the time we, we could afford an apartment. So I, I think, yeah, it, it was, it was good for us to like give up the apartment because it was really, really stressful. Like for the one or two years that we wanted the apartment, it was really stressful. Um, the money stress, job stresses, it, it wasn't a good time for us. So we gave up the apartment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it's really crazy the toll that that can take on your happiness as well. You know, like if you get yourself stuck in a position where you're forced to work for all those years and, you know, like you have to sort of kind of assess that and think, is is this really worth it? Yeah, definitely. I, I, it's like I, I, we were only working for like maybe one or two years and it really took like a huge toll. I couldn't imagine another, another 30 years. It's like 30 years of not being happy. It's crazy. Yeah, so um, we, I guess, yeah, we learned a lot about ourselves and about money after this this whole episode. Um, and I realized that, you know, to have freedom from a job that you hate, like, and to be happy is infinitely more priceless than having, like, a, like a fancy apartment. So yep. I... Yeah, I had a I had a pretty rough week at work, so um, like over the last week. But I like knowing that you know whenever I want to leave, that's an option because I don't have like a crazy apartment to to, to pay for, and that freedom is it's priceless. So I can't I can't imagine working another four. Yeah, sorry, I repeating the same thing. I can't I can't imagine working another four decades. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it is crazy and. Sadly, our generation, 
a lot of people are kind of looking at that as a reality. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, I just think that, you know, because the cost of living is so high, so pe- people just assume that four decades is a norm. I, I don't know. Yeah, no, for sure. Chainers, we're just going to take a quick break and then we'll dive right back into the value link round. Money Clan, we are busy preparing our own student loan course, which we're super excited about, but we need some help from you. What questions do you have about your student loan? You can hit us up. It's info at chainofwealth.com. Let us know your questions. We'll be more than happy to answer any questions you may have. And it's going to go towards a good cause to helping others. So hit us up. It's info at chainofwealth.com. Okay, Liz. So we ask everybody, but uh, what is your saving and retirement plan? Like, what are you investing in? What are you kind of looking to grow your money with for the next couple of decades? Um, so right now, I'm only investing in like um, the Singapore, like the stock and bond markets. Um, I so I invest into like um, the stock index funds and the bond index funds. I also have um, cash in like a high interest yielding bank account. So in like you know in the event like stocks slide like over the past few weeks, like I could just move all the money to stocks. So uh, I plan to keep doing that because. I would like to invest in um, individual stocks. Like, I, I, I don't know, I'm looking at like Google, um, Apple, but <laughs> I, I don't really know um, like when's the right price to get in or I don't know much about it because I, I, don't re- I don't really know a lot about investing. So I think I'd rather stick to like index funds. Yeah, so I, I'll just keep investing everything into um, index funds. I, I do want to diversify like my portfolio though. So I was thinking like maybe I can invest into the US markets. Yeah, I was thinking of investing into the uh, like Vanguard funds. Yeah. 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 Because I, I think a lot of people in the US invest in that and they recommend that. So yeah, but I, I don't know, man. Um, I don't have a lot of savings to, I don't have that much savings to, you know, diversify too much at this point in time but hopefully over the next few decades i build it up you know invest in different markets but only in like index funds yeah awesome so do you have any other books or podcasts you can recommend yeah so um i have uh, three three books i can recommend like uh, the first is definitely your money or your life like yeah everybody um who's read this book like raving about it and i'm no different yeah so uh, the second book would be Millionaire Teacher. Like um, I read this book like maybe a couple years ago, and it really helps you like uh, make your way uh, in, into the world of investing. So it's a very very simple guide, and it makes you feel like yeah, you you know what you're doing when you're investing. So it's a good read as well. Um, another one I would recommend is the the monk who sold his Ferrari. Um, I mean I, did, I read this book a while ago when I was like struggling with what I had lost and I was trying to make sense of everything that was happening. So this book really helped me with that, helped me to forgive, helped me to see that the struggles that I was going through were actually lessons that I needed to learn in my life, you know, to move from mindless spending 
to leading a more fulfilled life. So that really helped me with that. Um, so to be honest, I, I haven't, I, I didn't start listening to, you know, podcast episodes until like Joel recommended me to you guys. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty like, I guess I'm pretty new into the space. So after I got introduced to you guys and I, I listened to a few episodes and I realized like, holy shit, this, sorry, sorry, sorry I shouldn't have said that, but yeah. You're good. <laughs> yeah, this, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I realized that, Hey, this is awesome. So I started listening to, to more episodes and I realized, yeah, I should, I should have started listening to podcast episodes earlier. I mean, as of right now, I don't really listen to, a, to, to many podcasts. Um, but uh, I guess the two I would recommend would be, you guys, of course, because the first podcast I've ever listened to. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and um, I would recommend another one called The Ground Up Show uh, by Matt Diovella. He He's a YouTuber, so I found his like um, his podcast um, via YouTube. And uh, he, he posts like new episodes every single week, and this helps inspire creatives. Yeah, so if you're um, coming out doing your own thing, making uh, content, uh, this is actually a, very, a really good podcast to listen to. So that's what I would recommend. Awesome. So do you have a quote you try to live by? Yeah. Um, my favorite quote as of now would be, if you're not content today, there is nothing you can buy this weekend that will, that will change that. It's a quote by uh, Joshua Becker. And I think that um, it's just a reminder to, to, to practice gratitude. Um, because that's what I struggle with the most, like coming from where I, what I had. Um, it's very difficult to be grateful for what you have now and what you have now is in this, you know, it's nothing compared to what I had back then. But, um, you know, it's, I, yeah, so I try to like be content with what I have because I do still actually have a lot. I have a, like my whole life ahead of me and I try to, to plan and to be happy with that. Yeah. I love that. Liz, we've had such fun chatting to you today. Do you have any other last parting piece of advice for our listeners? And then we'll say goodbye. Yeah, sure. So um, one piece of advice I have would be to, 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 to start chasing your dreams today because, I mean, uh, time waits for no one, right? So just follow your heart. Uh, you're never guaranteed, you know, the next year, the next decade. So you might as well start doing what you love now, which is, I guess, why I'm, I'm so, like, you know, adamant about trying to quit my job. So at, at the same time, when you're chasing your dreams, just try to be, like, content with what you have. At the present moment, try to be grateful for what you have because what you have is really, is really a lot. So, yeah. I love that. Chen, as we've been hanging out with Liz, you can check out her website. It's splurgingonfreedom.com and definitely consider your own unique circumstances. And just remember, someone has always got a crazier story than you do. <laughs> wow, Kate, that was an absolutely crazy episode and props to Liz. She's doing such a great job over there. Yeah, definitely. And I wanted to remind everybody to send your tweet of the week at Chain of Wealth. Or you can email us. It's info at chainofwealth.com. We'll catch you on the flip side, Chainers.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.